Welcome back to the Bush League Podcast. I am your co-host, Dalton Thompson. He is Zach Ashby. Zach, opening day is in three whole days. God bless America. Yeah, today was the last day for the St. Louis Cardinals spring training this year. Hang the banner. We won the spring training uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if anybody had a better record than us this spring training. And no. even if they, even if they did, we tied enough games to break any other tiebreakers. So, congratulations! You are the 2023 Grapefruit League champions. Congratulations, the St. Louis it, Cardinals. Ended on a good note. Got the eight-two win against the Orioles. Yeah, um, that was a, that was a fun game to watch too. Yeah, they um they pretty pretty much. I mean, after the what second and third inning they pretty much just brought in they just started All minor league guys yeah, yeah they so that was good to see matt All caperniak had a good game today shout out matt caperniak yeah your boy wade had uh he had a hit and a run i think the other i day? think yeah i think so um maybe maybe i'm, I'm thinking of uh I know i know i seen that he he uh i pretty i think he singled i don't know maybe um but yeah, Did he um, played today. I didn't see. He didn't get in there today. No, not today. No, not today. He. I think he got in there uh, during the blowout, right? My yeah, mom? he did. Yeah. Shout out my boy, Wade Stouse. But it is Monday, March twenty seventh. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be Tuesday, March twenty eighth, because that's how time works. And we will be less than forty eight hours from first pitch. So we are going to bring you the most in-depth analysis of the 26-man roster. The Cardinals finally officially announced that Jordan Walker, you are a St. Louis Cardinal. Shout out the young man. He will be wearing uh, the number 18, which is kind of... I thought it was... It's kind of serendipitous. Kind of serendipitous. Him and Oscar Tavares. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people were drawing comparison between the two just with how quick they skyrocketed up, you know, the minor league system and, and how, how excited everybody is for them. So I'm really excited for Walker to kind of walk in the same legacy that Oscar did, you know, and kind of uh, put himself in, in a position to uh, really turn some heads coming out of, of opening day. So we're both very big Jordan Walker fans. We've been preaching his name for a while. Zach, Zach definitely more than, than I have. I was skeptical at first, but, man, he is going to be a joy to watch this year. Yeah, he uh, – man, just – and I, I watched uh, an interview that he did, and, uh, you know, that dude, is, he's so humble about everything. Yeah. He's thinking, like, Little League coaches and, you know, everybody. Um, but he he's uh, – I think he's – He's uh, he's gonna break out this year. I think he's just he's just got a chip on his shoulder. He's ready to go out there and play ball. I hope so, man. I hope he does. I hope he comes into uh, into opening day with a chip on his shoulder. You know, I think he's definitely in a position to have one. You know, he's got something to prove because it's just as easy for the Cardinals to have him up for a month and a half and send him right back down. Yeah, and I know um, 
I know some people find them like super cringy. I do on some of these, but like, you know, when they bring them into the manager's office and they're like, Oh, oh no, I don't even care if those are cringy. Those are awesome. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, we're going to option you. And then he's like, like oh. and they're like, to Just kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like yeah. uh, Anthony Volpe's release today uh, of him getting called up with Aaron Boone. He's and Aaron stud. Boone was just hamming it. He's like, you know, we. Uh, this is a conversation I really don't want to have. He's like, you know, we we've we've really liked what we've seen, and that's why I hate having this conversation. I was like, dude, come on! Like, can you <laughs> imagine being in his shoes, listening to that, and then him be like, actually, you're going to New York. Welcome to the Yankees. Like, oh my god. What a roller coaster. Yeah, that would be terrible. I just feel like just give it to me. Yeah. Tell me. All right, Doc, give me the news. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool to see those videos. And then for Mason Wynn to kind of come over the top and, like, really champion Jordan Walker just, I think, shows a lot for both of them. Obviously, they're, they're super good friends, I'm assuming. But the fact that Mason Wynn could have chosen to be self – you know, not not aware of what's going on and and really made a big deal out of him not making the roster. All he did was talk about how excited he is for Jordan Walker, you know, and he and I think his post on Instagram said something like, I'll see you soon or something. I hope that's yeah. the case. Yeah, I, I, I also do think that that'll happen before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline. I, I think just, we yeah. Mason- in a Cardinals jersey. But. I think it could I think it could happen sooner. You know, if if Mason Wynn has an awesome April and Taylor Motter doesn't or someone gets hurt, um, you know, there's a if there's an opening, I feel like Wynn's got to be in those first 3 to get called up. I would say with and we can kind of uh talk about this more into the roster, but um Mason Wynn, Juan Yepes and um, who am I missing? There's another guy they options. I'd say those are the first three that are that are to be called up if something happens to the main guys. Yeah. Um, Kramer yeah. Robertson probably is in that first three to five guys getting called up, getting shots. Yeah, I mean, he, Kramer made his debut, I think, last year, but he was only there yeah. for like a game, I think. And yeah. then he against the Orioles. And then he, he got DFA'd a couple times, and then he ended up back on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, today the uh, or not today, but the other day the twenty-six man roster came out. Um, Yepes, Cabby, uh, Henestes Cabrera, and JoJo Romero. They were they were um, they were all auction. sent down. Or, yeah, sent down to AAA. They're all yep. AAA, correct? Yep. Um, and you so gotta imagine, the- you know that that Memphis team is gonna be awesome. <laughs> we're gonna have yep. the best AAA team. Full of big leaguers, maybe in the entire league. Yeah, it's so crazy how much depth that St. Louis has. It's it's wild. I and I'm I'm hearing from multiple you know, uh, you know, baseball coverage sites and podcasts that the St. Louis Cardinals have like insane depth. Like they have backups of backups. Right. It's wild. They're, I think I saw they're ranked. They have the number fourth ranked. Uh, lineup in the entire league, just and that's that's just depth one through nine. We're, and and that's not even speaking to like the literal depth we have in AAA, AA backups mm-hmm. to backups. Like you're saying, it's it's pretty uh, pretty incredible how the Cardinals have uh, 
always drafted and signed guys and making sure that every position has two or three guys ready to go. So there's always, there's always competition. And that, and, and that sentiment really leads us into our breakdown of this lineup. Um, and, and this is pretty uh, speculative as far as what the opening day lineup will look like, but I think it's a consensus across the board from the game today on Monday that the roster or the lineup that they used in that game will most likely be your opening day lineup. And that lineup is uh, Brendan Donovan at second, Lars Newtbar in left, Goldie at first, Nato at third, Wilson Contreras behind the dish, O'Neill in center, Gorman DHing, Walker playing right field, and Tommy Edmond rounding out the bunch at shortstop. And like we just uh, like we just were talking about, that's a deep lineup. Yeah, there's three lineups that are are ranked higher than ours, and putting them up toe to toe, I I mean the Padres have a legitimate uh, case for number one lineup in the league, but other than that, I think we we're pretty toe to toe with anybody. Yeah, and people tend to base lineups based on who they what big name players they have on their Who's your big 3? Who's your who yeah, who's your big who's your big players? You know, if you really honestly look at it like Goldie and, and Nolan Arenado, that's that's our big 2, right? But we just added our third. Yeah, we added Wilson Contreras and like people people sleep on, you know, uh Donnie and well, I guess not Newton anymore. You know, he's he's big time now, and and uh, Jordan Walker coming up, Carlson O'Neill, uh, right? You know, probably inner, you know, inner It's crazy, player. right? And it's crazy that our fourth outfielder would be a lot of teams' best outfielder. If you if you pluck Dylan Carlson from our bench and you went and put him on the the Pirates or the Nationals or or any any any, I'd say the bottom half of the league, if you took the bottom 15 teams and you plucked Carlson from our bench and put them on that team, he's probably okay. their starting center fielder, probably hitting second, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. And he's he's going to be platooning on our team. Yeah, exactly. And it's in all these guys pretty much have a gold glove, right? Everybody besides Gorman. Dominey. Uh, I don't think Newt has one, but he played great defense. Mm-hmm. Goldie has four. Nato has nine or ten. Contreras. I don't know if Contreras has ever won one. Maybe, I think he has one. Maybe one. O'Neill has a couple, I think. Gorman's DHing doesn't Edmund. matter. Edmonds got a couple. Yeah, I mean, we. that's an incredible defend, a defending team. I don't think it was last year, but um, I, we definitely had Donnie, Nato, and um, – I think O'Neill too. Goldschmidt, Carlson. I don't think Goldie. I don't think Goldie or Carlson won Gold Gloves. But the moral of the story is, our team. I would say is probably the top defending team in all of the all of the MLB. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So, do you think Manny Machado is better than Nolan Arenado? No, no, and and this is completely right. Well, and this is completely unbiased in, in a sense of just raw players like i can see goldie being second or third uh in the the top three uh first baseman you know you got freddie freeman um fred i'd say freddie freeman is probably the only first baseman that i i would legitimately rank above goldie 
Alonzo, maybe if he's hitting very well, but I don't see any, I don't see any argument for anybody to be considered a better third baseman than Nolan Arenado. He, he not only backs it up with his bat, but his glove is the best in the entire league over the last, the last 10 years. Thing. Yeah. So I think, and, and legitimately I, for anybody to make an argument uh, about a different third baseman who's better in the league, I, I would still, I wouldn't even use Machado. I would, I would probably sway more towards like Jose Ramirez. I think Jose Ramirez is the closest to dethroning Arenado from the, the top third baseman in the league. Yeah. I would say Jose Ramirez is probably your second closest to Arenado. Definitely. And, and what's funny is like, if you go through the lineup, we have four third basemen in our, uh, in our starting lineup. Donovan was originally a third baseman. Arenado's the third baseman. Gorman was originally a third baseman. Walker was originally a third baseman. I just think that's funny. Uh, looking at our nine players in our starting lineup and four of them are primary third basemen. That's crazy how they just like adjust and can play professionally. Right. It's, it's half credit to it's half credit to the players, but it, it's also like a, a half credit to the coaching staff who who helped these players transition to playing it and the, and obviously the players' willingness to want to learn it. You know, Gorman, mm -hmm. whenever we traded for Arenado, they said Gorman was practicing second base the next day. Like he he just he he knew he knew what the deal was. He knew if he wanted to make it to the big leagues, he had to transition to second. And very early in the season last year, when Walker started going off, they're like, "All right, we need to get this guy in a corner outfield position, or he's never gonna he's never gonna get any legitimate playing time in the big leagues." Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's baseball is an adjustment game. You you have to adjust to whatever is needed to of you to be able to be successful in right. the game of baseball. So. I mean, Tommy Edmond was originally a second baseman. He's our starting shortstop. O'Neill originally is probably better used as a corner outfielder. Now he's playing center. You know, you've got a lot of guys who are athletes that, that want to help the team succeed by fitting in wherever they can get in. Yes, for sure. And, and uh, the I think the weakest part of the team um, probably stems from either our rotation or our bench uh the, the four guys that are going to be sitting on the bench and platooning in are dylan carlson taylor motter andrew kisner and alec burleson who we who we've been very in depth with uh as far as burleson goes and then you know carlson's going to be fitting in where he gets in i don't imagine that he's going to go very many games without playing uh, whether that's coming in off the bench or starting in different outfield positions. But I think it's going to be really hard to to keep him out of the lineup, especially how well he performed in spring training. Yeah, I think uh, that he should start over O'Neal, but uh, obviously that's not my call. I'm not Ollie Marmel or anybody in the front office. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's going to – be hard to keep him out of the lineup. Him, Burleson played pretty good this spring training. Taylor, Motter, absolutely. Yeah, he. I mean, he's another one of those guys that just fits in where he gets in. You know, he he played a lot of first, second, third. I think he played a couple corner outfield positions during spring. But I mean, he he's a prime example of a guy who who knew what was needed of him and played really well. And and the Cardinals are rewarding him for that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, Kisner, I know there were some. I still, uh, I hate, I hate that he made the squad. I yeah. hate that he made the squad. Yeah, Trey should have probably been the the secondary. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I that's the one question I think I would ask Mosaic, other than like, how much are you going to give Shohei? But the other yeah. question I would ask is like, why do you keep employing bad backup catchers? The last good backup catcher we had was AJ Prezinski. And that was like what, 2012, 2013? Yeah, 11, maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, I think it's after a series. It's crazy. We've never had like a legitimate backup catcher, like a good backup catcher. Well, it's like Yachty never wanted to. Matt Leaders was good too. The last three years. Right. It's hard to have a backup catcher, a legitimate backup catcher, when your catcher is highly regarded in the organization. Now that. Contreras is there, and he doesn't have as good of a glove. I, I see them maybe prioritizing a backup catcher, but I don't know. Kisner just doesn't do it for me or for the Cardinals, for that matter. He hit like a buck. Like I don't think he even something. hit a buck. I think he hit like .056. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he he's just not a hitter. You slot him in the nine hole. Honestly, if Wayno's pitching that day, probably DH for Kisner and let Wayno hit, but – I just – it's crazy that they keep employing these players. Yeah, it's its pretty pretty wild. Um, That's the most negative I'll get about the Cardinals. Uh, if you, yeah. If, and, ever, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and we're pretty yeah. spoiled to uh, – the only thing we're complaining about is – A backup catcher. A player like Dylan Carlson not getting enough playing time and a player like Andrew Kisner being our backup catcher. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then, um, you know, this year, Modder and Walker and Contreras are going to be thrown on the Cardinals uniform for the first time. These That's are exciting. First time that those three, uh, well, the only three that will be new to the clubhouse. Right. But uh, in other, in, you know, other news, Michaelis signs for two years, $40 million. That was exciting. Yeah, I, and, I th- and I think a little too much bread, but. You know, he's earned it, man. I, yeah, I, I'm okay with them. It's, I saw a, a tweet of somebody talking about it. They're like, for whatever reason, it felt like a, a weird extension just because it's like 20 million a year, but 20 or two for 40 and four for 78 are basically the same thing. And that's probably yeah. what he would have gotten on the open market. We just decided we only wanted to give him two instead of four, but I think he's deserved it. I think he's been the cornerstone of the Cardinals rotation with Flaherty and uh, Wayno getting injured. Obviously, Michaelis has had his battles too, but you know, I think he's been a real cornerstone of the Cardinals just as a whole. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to see him as the opening day starter this year. I think that's pretty cool. That's it'll be his second that he's that he started. Yep, he's uh, he definitely deserves it. So, Miles Michaelis, congratulations. File an extension on his tax return. He is the lizard man. The lizard man. Uncle Sam is going to come knocking when they (laughs) see how much that man is making. So uh, let's uh, let's go over this starting rotation. Uh, I'm really I'm I'm what your what your five starting rotation people are in order as of right now being with that groin injury. So I know that I know that I know what the Cardinals rotation is. The Cardinals have a rotation yeah. that I probably would not employ, 
but mm-hmm. the Cardinals uh, starting rotation as uh, put on Twitter, I guess I should say from uh, different people who are in the know, at least the first three are, are for sure is Michaelis starting Thursday, Flaherty starting Saturday and Monty starting on Sunday. And then uh, Woodford and Matt's are your other two starters. I would have probably uh, opted for like a uh, Liberator over Mats and, and throw Mats like in the bullpen again. I, I think he looked good in spring, but his best innings were his first couple innings when he was letting it letting it eat a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was throwing a little harder, 96, 97, and then innings three, four, five come and his fastball's down to 95, 94. That's a significant difference when you're talking about professional hitters. You know, I think he's better used in maybe an inning or two work. And and Liberator looked really good his last couple starts. His breaking ball looked really good. The game that I watched him throw, I think he threw like three, three or four innings and had like six or seven strikeouts. Like his his curveball looked awesome. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm teetering with Matt as well. Woodford had had a great Woodford training. deserves to be in that starting rotation. Yeah. He he looked I, awesome. I, I probably probably I probably would have put my. Monty at the very end of the um, at the very end of the rotation. So Michaelis Flaherty, probably Woodford, Lib, and then Monty at the very end. But I do agree with uh, Matt's being a more of a a bullpen guy because I don't think he went more than three innings the entire three or four. Three. He I think he threw his pitch limits. Like he he definitely it it wasn't a matter of not throwing enough pitches or throwing too many. Like he he hit every targeted uh you know pitch count. But I, I don't know. I I don't prefer him as a starter. I know they're paying him to be a starter, which is probably half the battle. They're giving this guy you know. 18 million dollars a year to throw every fifth day they're not definitely not paying them that much to to come out of the the bullpen in the seventh inning when it's you know a five-run game yeah um i definitely would like would have liked to see him out of the out of pen because we do need good bullpen guys um i mean our bullpen is is i would say it's all right i would say we're okay um so i I got our bullpen pulled up right here. Um, obviously, out of the pen is. So Helsley is going to be your closer, obviously, yeah. and then you, uh, a mix of um, Gallegos and Palante probably on the back end, probably is set up man. And then uh, you're probably if if you need someone to spot start, you got Zach Thompson um, and and Drew Verhagen. Verhagen looked good too. I, yeah. I I'm not a big Verhagen guy, but he looked good this spring training. But you got uh, Packy Naughton, Jordan That's Hicks, and uh, and Chris Stratton as kind of your your cleanup crew. But uh, yeah, I'd say your your three guys that your your three horses are probably Gallegos, Helsley, and Hicks or Palante. But um, you know, we none of the names in the bullpen besides Helsley really strikes a whole lot of fear into opposing hitters. I would imagine. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think what I, I think I seen someone on uh, Instagram the other day. I think Hicks was pretty fired up about not, not getting to start. Yeah, not getting a start or not having enough, enough opportunity out there. But I just I don't think it's I don't think he needs to be a starter. Like no. why 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 throw 105 as a starter? But you know? and that's the thing is like okay if he, if he does want to be a starter right and he starts ramping up to 80 85 pitches, he's got to take some off of the 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 hundred percent that he's throwing. 
you know, because when he comes into those games, he's he's throwing it as hard as he can because he knows he's only got to do it for an inning. Whenever he was starting in those games, you could tell there was some regression on his fastball and a slider because he couldn't he couldn't give it that that oomph that he usually gives it whenever his adrenaline's pumping and he's out of the pen in like the seventh or eighth inning. I just don't see a point for it. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, as if he can stay off the IO and stay consistent, you know, start force feeding him some like you know more innings each time. You know, maybe on a double header, throw him in there for a start. As an opener? Yeah, see see what he does for, you know, three innings. And then if he's doing good, go four. And then that's so- a, that's but- the thing is like I just I would rather I would rather throw him in like the seventh or eighth, give me fifteen of your best pitches and hand the ball over to Helsley in the ninth. Well, I, I mean, think he is better served in that role too. Yeah, and I agree, but if he's you know, if he wants to, you know, complain, hey, I'm not getting any starting situations. Go sign with a different team. Yeah, <laughs> like go sign with a different team or, you know. If, if, you, give, if you want to start that bad, like, I'm sure someone else will give you an opportunity, but he's going to be better served in the bullpen. I'm sure the Las Vegas Athletics will sign you. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll, we'll trade them to you if you give us some of your prospects you're hoarding. <laughs> but, so, um. That's the squad, though. I mean, we we touched on the the lineup, the rotation, bullpen, and the bench. That's 26 players we have rattled off. So, with that being said, Zach, let's make some predictions and let's uh, let's have some some stakes at hand as far as you know who whoever's closest or something like that. Let's let's do um, let's do like a point system, or and, and we can make it all immersive with. Uh, our predictions for the team as a whole, and then our uh, individual predictions that we were that we're gonna dish out. Okay. So, what do you think for some stakes? What can we what can we put on the line? Champions Club tickets. I like that. I really like that. So, champions, or, or, champions, or or rooftop tickets. I don't hate that either. Uh, so, I, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards that champion club. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a Saturday against the Dodgers or something, no, but like we pirates, like a Tuesday night pirates game or something like I'm, do. I'm definitely down for, for, for that wager. So then let's, uh, let's put some point totals on these. So the first prediction we're going to make is the Cardinals record at a hundred games. So obviously your wins and losses got to add up to a hundred. I have mine written down. Zach, do you want me to give you mine first and, or do you want to go first? I'll let you go first. I'll be a gentleman. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Kind gentlemen. My Cardinals hundred game prediction is that they will be 55 and 45. That is so close to what I was about say. ten games, ten games over five hundred. That's that's what I expect. I think that falls a little bit after, um, a little bit after the All Star game because if there's th- six roughly yeah, 60, like- 62 game sixty two days in or uh, August and September, which is the two final months, that's probably like twenty five. 20, uh, like 50 games. So it's probably right around the all-star game. So I suspect by the time 
the Cardinals hit that 100-game mark, they're going to be 10 games over 500. So, Zach, what is your prediction? Uh, I think they will have 52 wins. 52 Bye. and 48. Is that what that adds up to? Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. Yeah, the, the only reason being um, – okay, I did have it pretty close to what you did, but I'm going to go down a little bit. I did have 54, but I'm going to go down two. Um, I was just thinking, you know, with them playing everybody, uh, everybody within the league. Um, They're going to see some new pitching. They're going to yeah, be at new it, ballparks. It's going to be an adjustment period for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, and it's also that 100 games uh, at the, around that time frame is when the Cardinals really just like towards the end of that is when they, you know, they had that kind of, roller coaster up right they start to really get hot yeah yeah i don't hate that i don't hate that guess um so let's put how about uh whoever is the closest on that gets three points okay that works all right i'm putting i'm making notes so three points for the 100 game mark now zach let's go full season prediction since i went first uh last Last guess. I'm going to let you go first on this one. In 162 games. 162 games. The St. Louis Cardinals will win 91 games. Ooh, I like that. Explain. I want to hear. I want to hear why you think 91. Where's the – what three-game sweep are you suspecting that's going to uh, really catapult it to to 91 games? <sighs> Um, well, obviously, I think you're just going to beat up on everybody in the central, quite honestly. I think yeah. I, I I always try to defend it, but I always think central is the National League Central is not. It's a wasteland. It's not a very good league. <laughs> it is not a very good division. Um, but again, with playing everybody, it's kind of hard to predict because this is the first year they're doing it. You know, playing everybody, it's going to be quite difficult to figure out how exactly everybody's going to adjust or um, with the new pitching or, you know, new ballparks, new area. Jet yep. lag. So it's going to, uh, it's going to be a big difference for, for a lot of teams, you know, especially like the central, like you said, it's uh they're it's not, it's not as competitive as say the NL West or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have the Pirates, the Reds, the Cubs, and the Brewers. The Brewers, the Cubs might compete a little bit, a little bit. And then the Brewers, like, their best thing that they have is pitching. So, right. I, mean, I, 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 I suspect the Cubs will be better than everyone's projecting them. I also, I, think, I also suspect that the Brewers are going to give us a run for our money. But I just um, – so you, your guess for full season – was uh, 91 wins, correct? Yeah, and if if we weren't playing everybody, I think I would have said 96 or 97. Right. So that is uh, 91 and 71 is what you suspect they will go. So yeah. we're not far off with ours. I wrote mine down uh, before we started recording. My full season prediction is 94 wins. 94 mm -hmm. and 68 is what I suspect they will. Uh, what they will do? Almost That's 30 right. games over 500, but. A man can dream. 
I, I, I really hope I, and, and the reason I think they're going to have 94 wins or more possibly is I, I feel like this team just has a little bit more of a competitive edge because they know they're the best team in the league in, in the central. They know that they have a chance to make it to the playoffs automatically. And I think there's a chip on their shoulder with how they're being perceived against, you know, the Padres or the Mets or something like that. I think we are just as good, if not a better team than the Mets. I think we can compete with the Padres. I think the Padres have a better team on paper. Obviously that doesn't last 162 games, but I just think our team top to bottom is just as competitive as some of these powerhouses in the NL. And I think the Cardinals kind of uh, feel the same way, the, the players, I should say. Yeah, for sure. I, in, I'm just, I'm just being conservative. Um, but I do, I do agree. Like we're, I would say we're one of the better organizations in the league this year. Yeah. Um, as for talent and, um, you know, all around, you know, the five tools, but, um, I just, I'm just worrying about, you know, playing everybody and seeing how that turns out. But it's different uh, competition. I hope, wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but, um, I hope we get – it'd be nice to see a Hunter win. <laughs> that would be sweet. Last time we did that was 23rd. No, we did – we won uh, – I know we won uh, over 100 in, when we went to the World Series in 2013. I think we had another 100-win season like 2016, 2017, something like that. But, yeah, I, I would love 100 wins. I, and I think we could do it too. We we play – and here's, a, here's another prediction that uh, you and I should do. I counted up the schedule. I counted 52 games against Central Division opponents this season. Oh, boy. So let's give a 52-game conference uh, or division prediction. So 52 games. How many games are the Cardinals winning? And the Central, they're winning 40. They're winning 43. So Zach guesses 43 wins. That is aggressive. But that I is love it. Forty-three and nine is what you are predicting. Yeah, we're not getting. We're not getting. I, I think. Re, I, my. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. My gut reaction is that is so many games, and that is, that's going to be. I, I hope it happens. But my that, prediction is that they're going to win thirty-four games. Dang. <laughs> and here's why: because it is so hard to win three games in a row. And I just don't see the Cardinals sweeping the Brewers and the Cubs more than once this year. And I think for them to really? achieve a 43 and nine record, it is so hard to win three or four. Like they play four game series against a lot of these teams too. Like if, if it was mixed in like an NBA schedule where you play the Nuggets one night, then the Warriors and the Kings, and that you know, like uh, you, you bounce in between different teams, you get different feels, looks, you figure something out when you're on the road, whatever. In a three-game series, you could come in on Friday, and we could it could be our best pitcher and the the Brewers' worst pitcher, and we just end up having a better game. And then the next game, we have our third best pitcher, and it's Corbin Burns. Like I don't think we're gonna sweep a series where Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are pitching back to back. So I, my prediction is 34 and 
uh, 18, I believe, is the math on that, which I think is still going to be far and away the best division record out of any of the teams in the Central. I think the Cardinals will definitely win that division based on a wins and losses. Mm-hmm. But I like this. I, we'll put three points on that as well. I like playing high stakes. I do too. So three points for a uh, 52-game uh, closest record, three points for the 100-game record, and then I say like five points for the full-season record. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so five points for the full. And then um, what we're going to do next, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a treat for all. We are going to draft back and forth different uh, awards for the Cardinals that we're predicting throughout the season. So um, it's your typical awards, you know, your Cy Young, your MVP of the team. We're not talking league-wide whether we think they're going to win it. We're talking as far as a team production goes, who who we think is going to be the MVP, who we think is going to be the Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, things of that nature. And Zach put together a really good uh, list of, of different categories for us to – um for us to draft so i think we should put um two points attached to each of these awards what do you think okay. yeah that's fine you like okay sweet yep i like that okay so zach each of these each of these things that we're going to be drafting for are going to be two points a piece um we will start with the comeback player of the year and would you like to go first or do you want me to go first because i i think there's a very for me there's very obvious choice, but I'll let I'll let you go first if you'd like to go first. Man, I wish we had like a, a third person so we can do yeah. like a whatever. But yeah, sure, I'll go first. I'll go first. I think I what I think. Um, I think your combat comeback player of the year um, for the St. Louis Cardinals is going to be Nolan Gorman. Okay. Um, and the reason being is, you know, Nolan. You know, he had a he started off hot, and then uh, towards the end of the year, uh, they said he just kind of lost production. Um, you know, but uh, I think this year with the way he was, you know, just absolutely just pounding, hammering the, the baseball, hammering, hammering the baseball in spring training this year. Um, I think he's I think he's really just going to light it up and be a good five-tool player for the St. Louis Cardinals and be uh, be the comeback player of the year. I hope so. I think he's looked awesome this spring. He's been awesome to watch. He hit a home run today uh, to mm-hmm. dead center field, too. It was a bomb. But uh, shout-out uh, shout to Nolan Gorman. That's a guy I really want to see succeed this year. Um, so my you left me my, my comeback player of the year pick, uh, and it is none other than Jack Flaherty. I think Jack Flaherty oh, – has a legitimate chance to shock the world this year, whether that's a all-star appearance or just a top five Cy Young voting or, or anything to that matter. I think he could come out and be the best pitcher in the National League this year. If he comes back, he's going to be scary. If he's back to just 90% of what his I, like tw- 2017 was or t- 2018, whenever he had that awesome year, he will be a top five pitcher in the league this year. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would. I would kind of hope that he. I hope he comes back and is just absolute dominant. But spring training this year, I don't know. Maybe he just lost a mechanic 
small mechanic problems or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. But I think he, I, I really do hope he comes back and is just absolutely just filthy. And A healthy Jack Flaherty is better than most teams' best pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see him come back this year, which is why he's going to be the comeback player of the year. Uh, we'll move on to gold gloves. Now, how do we want to, how do we want to draft how based on what metric, I guess I should say, if the player wins a gold glove or are we looking at like defensive runs saved, like uh, fielding percentage, stuff like that? How would you like to judge your gold glove pick? I would say probably acclimates at the, maybe by the end of the year or, um, you know, add that with war or, right. It's uh, just the metrics around it. So yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Okay. So then that uh, leaves me no choice than to pick Mr. Tommy Edmond. Mm. I think uh, Tommy Edmond is going to shock a lot of people with his defense this year, uh, playing majority of it at shortstop and continuing to be the defensive stalwart that he is. He got robbed of two gold gloves last year, in my opinion. He should have won second and at least gave Brendan Donovan a run for his money with the utility. But I think Tommy Edmonds going to have an awesome defensive season. Getting to slot himself at one position and, and focus on being the best at that position, I think he's really going to do uh, very well this year, playing shortstop full-time. You didn't like that pick? No, I did. I thought you had something more to say. <laughs> I thought I heard a hmm. No, no, that's uh, <laughs> honestly what he was. Uh, he was gonna be one of my picks for that one, but uh, he's not my number one pick though. Let me hear your number one pick. My number one pick will be Lars Newtbar. Newt for a Gold Glove. Um, he put an absolute to show out there for Team Japan in the outfield and center field. He had multiple diving catches uh, tracked everything down um, I just think he out there in left field I'm assuming left field he'll probably get some center too right but I would say dominantly left field he's yeah. um, I think he's gonna be uh, nothing gets by him I think he's gonna make some wild plays at the at the warning track uh, he's, he's fearless man he he goes after it he doesn't he doesn't get a, a scared of, of going after Ball no. in the gap or anything like that. No, I I think he's uh he's uh, he's a Charlie Hustle. He'll he'll go out there and he just does what you know what needs to be done to. Yeah, to I think out. that's a that's an excellent pick. Mm-hmm. And and we should preface to the to everyone listening. Um, we're if you if he's if the person is drafted, you can't pick him anymore. So mm-hmm. that's why you know we're we're leaving off very obvious names because we might be saving them for a different. Uh, a different category. So uh, just keep that in mind if if you're yelling at us for not picking a certain person. But um, Zach, your uh, your silver slugger pick, and and for the, everyone listening too, uh, silver slugger will be based on uh, the same thing with a gold glove. It'll be obviously the the award itself plus uh, you know your typical stats to decide best hitting stats. So it's it's strictly based on hitting, not your war, defense, defense or anything. It's strictly based on the metrics of of hitting. So, Zach, my silver slugger selection, my triple S, will be 
Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker, Silver Slugger. I Explain. So. Um, I just think he's going to come in this league and he's just going to absolutely just annihilate the ball. I think he's going to hit pretty close to 300. I'd say 20-plus ding-dongs. Uh, I'd say wow. Pre- I would say probably pretty close to 80 ribbies. Wow. I, I, I got a bit – I'm just – I'm the – I'm on Jordan Walker just fan bust, dude. He's he's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I I more power to Jordan Walker if he wants to go out and win a silver slugger. Be my guest. I hope I hope that's the case. But that's that's bold, ladies and gentlemen. So put that one in your cap. Um, my choice for silver slugger is a little more conservative. Don't feel uh, I don't feel great about it. But I think he's got a good shot if he just has like a, a average year. My pick is Wilson Contreras. I think really? he could give Ramuto a run for his money. Um, there's really not a lot of like uh, a big offense based catching in the National League, and I really do think that it comes down to Ramuto and Contreras. And I think Contreras can give him a run for his money when it comes to that. So, And I, I think he can legitimately win one. So yeah. lock that in. Um, my rookie of the year selection, uh, Jordan Walker's off the board, so that makes this very easy for me, mm-hmm. is Alec Burleson. Oh. He is my rookie of the year pick because he will uh, – I think he gets 300 at-bats – and he probably has a 250 average and seven bombs, 10 bombs, something like that. But when it when it comes to coming off the bench and platooning and just getting at bats when it's it's your time to get at bats, I think he will take good advantage of that because he just hits the ball hard and and he's always he's always making solid contact. And when you put the ball in play, good things are going to happen. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, I, did, I forgot he was so eligible for rookie. Um, so I guess for my rookie of the year for the St. Louis Cardinals, there's a couple. Think, there's a couple aggressive <laughs> ones you could take here. That, I think I think this guy's a, a June or July call up. Hit me Possibly. with it. I think it's Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn, Cardinals rookie of the year now. Obviously, Mason Wynn did not crack the opening day roster. He had an excellent spring. He could have literally made the bottom half of the league starting shortstop role if he was literally – and he said that in an interview too. He said, I know I know that if I was on any other MLB team, I'm probably making the, the opening day roster. But yeah. it's just it just so happens that our team has enough depth – without me being on the major league roster. And I know my time's coming. He said, it's just the way it is. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So shout out Mason Wynn. He, uh, he gets it. Yeah. I think he, I think he'll get called up. I do too. I think at the very least, I think second half of the season, Yeah, but, for sure. um, like we kind of talked about, I, I just, I could see him also being the first guy called up if someone's not hit it. You know, I, I hope that's the case. I would be very much okay with that. Yep. So we will move on to the big two. Now, I think we should put 
uh, five points uh, on these on the Cy Young and MVP because of how okay. much how much more they how much more value. What do you think? That's fine. Yeah. So so we'll do three points for uh, the first four awards and then five points for these last two. And Zach, lead us off. Who is your Cy Young? Ooh. Man, I don't know which one of these two I want to pick. I know Flurry's off, but man, I'm gonna have to go with Miles Michaelis. As I like said it. Miles Michaelis. I think I'm gonna have to go with him. The lizard man, he's gonna come in there and he's just gonna shock the world, dude. I think he could I think he could have a really good season. I think another all star appearance, maybe a top ten in Cy Young voting. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the potential and he's got the stuff to do it. He pitched really well for Team USA. He pitched well for the Cardinals in spring training. I think he's really gearing up for a very good year. So I like that pick. I think that's the obvious pick. Yeah, I think it is too. The only other obvious pick, and uh, the guy who is my pick, is probably a guy you didn't uh, you didn't think about, Mister Ryan Helsley. Mm. I think. Mr. Ryan Helsley could lead the league in saves this year. If the Cardinals are winning games, I think Helsley is going to be a pivotal piece of that. And I think he's geared for another all-star appearance. And I, I think he could lead the league in saves and probably reliever strikeouts too, because he mows down hitters. I don't think he let up any, any runs after like his first outing. I think he struck out like eight of his last nine batters. So he is, he's ready. He's yeah. going to be awesome. A Jason Mott 2.0, huh? Yeah. I hope so. Uh, we, so technically with the snake draft, um, the, how we've been going, it would be my pick for MVP, but I am okay with, I'm okay with passing it if you want it. No, go ahead. Cause I, I, I probably know who you're going to pick, but go ahead. So I am going to pick the third place MVP vote of 2022, Mr. Nolan Arenado. I think Arenado and Goldie will switch places with their ranks on the ballot. And I think Arenado is going to have his best career year yet. I think I, I expect him to hit over 40 home runs probably drive in 120 RBIs and hit close to 300, which he does very often. But I think uh, he is locked in more than he's ever been. And I think that's very scary for anybody having to face him. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I was really hoping I was going to land him. I I want it on record. Everyone listening right now, I gave him the choice. That's on me. That's on me. So – Zach, hit me with your MVP choice, which is either going to be a dark horse or a front runner. Man. You just got to pick it. I think I just have to go with the obvious, quite honestly. Paul DeYoung. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I think Paul DeYoung, he went off this year. I would – I don't know. (laughs) I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. But I no, I I for real think I need to go with. Uh, I think Paul Goldschmidt is probably going to be. I think he's going to. He could up, go back to back. I think he, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty hard to put up numbers of what he did last year, but um, he 
he was locked in too. I mean, WBC got uh, kind of rough for everybody, actually. But uh, I think he's going to put up some pretty good productive numbers this year. I hope he silences the haters keeping him out of their top 10 players in the MLB oh, right now. I think he's a 30-plus home run guy. Yep. Um, I think he's going to go over 100 ribbies. Yep. Um, Bat around 300. War is going to be pretty pretty high, I'd say. Have a good fielding, fielding year, just as good as his hitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just Mr. Consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, I mean, I – couldn't really name you any bad Paul Goldschmidt seasons unless, like, he just had a couple. His of first guys. season with the Cardinals was subpar, but even his subpar season was still better than most people's best season. Yeah. So, so Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, your front runners for MVP this year. That concludes our draft, and we uh, will keep this logged and uh, we'll check in during the season to see how we're lining up. But, um, Zach, drop our socials. What is our Instagram? Instagram is Bush League Official underscore. And our Twitter is Bush underscore League Pod. And then our email, which we have received an email question from Mr. Logan Isaac. Shout out, Mr. Logan Isaac. But our email address that you can send us questions to, and we will answer them on the pod, is Bush. Lee cards pod at gmail.com. Once again, that is Bush League cards pod at gmail.com. Now, Zach, we have uh, some questions from Mr. Logan Isaac. Um, in his email, he said, uh, Keep up the hard work on the podcast. Shout out to Ashby, my Woodlawn slash Air Force brother. So, uh, very kind of him uh, supporting Mr. Zach supporting our troops. Uh, His question is, when it comes to Jordan Walker, if the Cardinals decide that Carlson, O'Neal, and Newt Bar take up the three outfield spots, would you guys rather have Walker on the bench, occasional DH, or him in AAA with regular playing time? He goes on to talk about uh, Mason Wynn as an example, talking about how he's a special talent, uh, could use every day uh, at bats in AAA, um, and his opinion is that uh, he believes that uh, if the Cardinals believe that Walker can produce on a consistent basis in the big leagues, then he should be the left field starter. They plan to bench him, send him down to AAA. What are your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I when I we got that email like almost a week ago ish. Um, this is way before they even announced the the roster. Um, when we did get when I did read that, I as much as I like want to say yeah bring Jordan Walker to the to the big leagues but if they plan on you know starting him and he's going to produce in the big league yeah go ahead and, and bring him up but if you're just going to sit him on the bench and DH him every other game you know or whatever um yeah send him back down to AAA uh, you know let him get fired up and ready for you know the second half of the season right so, yeah, and, and I think th- I would have to imagine that when the Cardinals made their decision to keep Jordan Walker on the active roster, I'd imagine they took that into consideration um, because they did the same thing with Mason Wynn, kind of kind of what Logan was saying. Um, you know, he it makes the most sense to keep him in AAA because we have so much up the middle 
that is blocking him from getting regular playing time. With Walker, he's a he's our third or fourth outfielder, so he's there. The consistent playing time is gonna be there. He's gonna get at bats and he's going to uh, get everyday playing time. Or I would imagine they would handle him just like they did with Mason Wynn. So, um, I, yeah, I agree. If if the first month and a half goes by and he's only started in half the games, then yeah, send him down. Let him get everyday playing time and give Carlson uh, his starting role back, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. That's the same thing with Mason Wynn, like he was saying. Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you're going to play him, play him. If not, send him down and bring him back up. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Logan. He, uh, we went, I went to brother with his high school, or went to high school with his brother, and uh, he's a, he was a, instructor in the air force and i kind of knew him so uh shout out to logan shout out logan he uh he he really wants a xl t-shirt so we need to awesome. we need to start getting some merch or something yeah we, we really quest still owe adam a, a t-shirt and uh yeah. we got to get logan one too so shout out logan thanks for the questions send more in uh, i hope everybody listening uh has questions and they send them in and we just start answering more questions every episode that's fun i like I like getting input from everybody who's listening and uh, be able to better tailor our podcast for, for people that are listening. So shout out Logan, Zach, final thoughts. What are you, what are you, what do you have for me with the uh, Toronto blue Jays coming into town this weekend for opening day? Uh, just for opening weekend. I just want to give you the, the matchups. Um, so I got, um, Miles Michaelis and Manoa are going game one. That'll be a good matchup. Game two, you're gonna have uh, Flaherty and uh, Gosman, and then game three, you're gonna have Jordan Montgomery and a TBD. So we don't really know who's gonna be starting for Toronto on that third. I'd, game. I'd imagine Jose Barrios if he's if he's healthy, he's probably your third starter. Um, I don't even know who else the the Blue Jays might even have as far as, too- as a third, as their third starter. And their depth isn't, um, their depth isn't everything that the, it once was. It used to be a plethora of big league talent and that's why they traded a lot of it away. But now it's, I don't feel like their, their team is as deep as it used to be. They putting them on this top three teams. I, I just, I can't see it. I don't know. Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette. So they have their third starter on MLB.com is Jose Barrios. Chris Bassett is another uh, guy who they signed. And then they got uh, Yusei Kikuchi and Yanjin Ru, um, both as as listed starters on, on MLB.com. So it could be a, a mix of any of those guys. I'd imagine Jose Barrios is probably getting that third game start, which I'm – I'm really excited for this series. I think the Blue Jays are are going to be a top 10 team um, and could possibly be the best team in their division, depending on what the Yankees want to do and the Rays, obviously, as quiet as they are. But um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to opening day. Pulled the pulled the trigger. We're sitting up higher uh, in the 300s. But uh, my fiance loves the view from up there, and if she's happy, I'm happy. So. Yeah. We are we are both taking a half day on Thursday, and we will be downtown in the action. So uh, very excited! It's my first time seeing the Blue Jays uh, in person. Um, going to be seeing Miles Michaelis versus Alec Manoa, and I'm going to get to see Vladdy Cakes and Boba Shet. 
and I am very, very excited. I know, dude, I am just Here, that those, team is exciting. Alejandro Kurt, dude, mm -hmm. he's a he's a bull. unit, and then Danny Jensen, uh, big dude, too. I think he's like 6'4, but uh, they got a good team. I'm excited to watch them, I'm excited to be at opening day. So, if uh, if anybody watches the or listens to the podcast and is also going to be at opening day, send me an email. Would love to meet up and and talk and you know spread the word of this great podcast. But um, baseball is almost here. I can smell it. I can taste it. And and by golly, I can almost feel it. So, Zach. With that being said, any final thoughts before opening day? I just know it's a it's a magical feeling, um, but uh, it's uh, this person doesn't he doesn't pitch for the Cardinals, but he um, a, a buddy of mine that I grew up with, uh, he actually got called up by the Astros last week. So um, shout out to Walker Brockhouse, he he'll be pitching with the Astros now. Shout out Walker Brockhouse, welcome to the Houston Astros. You are yeah. Just wanted to. Yeah, just wanted to shout him out. He he's a good guy. So um, if we're giving but, if we're getting shout outs out, um, I don't know if the Astros um, opening day roster has been announced or not. Where or did you did he tell you firsthand or how did you uh, where did you hear that? Um, I was just scrolling and scrolling around social media and, and saw that he had posted that he um, got got the call up. So that's awesome. Got the call up against the Cardinals. Well, then... my um, a guy that I played with uh, some summer ball um, by the name of Justin Dearden is trying to break camp with the Astros as well, and it's <clears throat> I, that's why I was wondering if they had announced the uh, the roster. But hope he makes it. Uh, shout out your guy. Um, that's exciting. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool just to be able to. There's a, uh, another guy who played at SEMO. Um, Justin uh, Dearden played at SEMO. Uh, so did Wade Stouse. But, yeah, Dylan Dodd um, got called up by the Braves. He's making his major league debut against the Cardinals on April 4th, I believe. Yep. When the, I've seen him. When the Braves come into town. So that's exciting. A lot of Missouri talent, guys that we've uh, rubbed shoulders with or, or threw pitches to. You know, it's pretty cool. Shout out Dylan Coleman with the, the Royals uh, making his second opening day roster. Um, that's a guy I would like to get on the podcast. That'd be a good yeah. guy. He grew up in Potosi, which is uh, Cardinals mm -hmm. territory. So, um, yeah. So, we uh, that's it for us. Zach, anything else? No, that's it. All righty. Happy opening day for those that observe. We will be back. Um, we will be back next Tuesday. And then uh, our, our recording schedule will become a little easier. Zach gets back into St. Louis the middle of the month. So we'll be able to record on a more uh, strict basis as far as days and, and obviously release dates and whatnot. But Zach, we're out of here. See you.